Hello, and welcome to Sacred Adventure Begin, an inquisitive space where we explore topics like gaining wisdom, travel, yoga, meditation, dance, art, and following our soul-guided paths. I'm your host, Emily, from gettingintoit.com, and together we'll focus on enjoying, sharing, and interpreting our sacred adventures and how to embody these lessons in our daily lives. Let's begin. Hey everyone, I am so, so, so excited about today's episode. I have on the podcast today Suzanne Smith, an incredible intuitive practitioner from Louisville, Kentucky, and one of my personal spiritual teachers. She's made such a difference in my life and in my spiritual development and has helped guide me and initiate me on my sacred adventure. So I wanted to start this episode by talking a little bit about guru culture or about how we um, approach spiritual teachers, particularly, well, in the West, but also in the East. And I think that I get, um, and I don't know about you, you might get annoyed by this too, but I get a little bit annoyed by guru culture. You know, when you like... (laughs) You're trying to learn about spirituality and you go somewhere to hear somebody talk and everybody's just fawning all over everything that person says and just like accepting it and not questioning it and not thinking about it for themselves and then sort of dangerous things can happen. Like we hear tons of stories of like abuse that happens in these sort of scenarios when people give away their um, agency to someone. They let someone else tell them what to do and what to think and how to be. So I personally have always been super, super, super skeptical of spiritual teachers and that isn't fair to them (laughs) at all. But like blind worship has never suited me. And I'm sure some of you listening can relate to that, to looking at like whatever religion it was that you've had experiences with and just seeing issues there and having it turn you off of pursuing a spiritual path. And it it becomes kind of complicated. Like I remember being um, a young adult. I Well, I remember being little and I was raised um, in the Catholic church and then really getting um, angry and dissonant as a young adult when I was looking around seeing the church's oppression and like honestly abuse of women. Like... <laughs> So many churches out there, especially the ones that I've encountered, which have primarily been Christian, um, I'm from, you know, the United States, allow women to clean their churches, but don't allow them to speak their spiritual wisdom. And it makes me um, angry, (laughs) to say the least. Uh... But I, in college, began exploring different options for me in terms of worship because I realized spirituality and worship was something I was missing from my life. I love ritual. It's it's such a fundamental part of who I am and how I like to experience the world. But I, I quickly realized that nothing was perfect. <laughs> uh, but that didn't mean that truth couldn't be felt, heard, or learned from imperfect sources. And this has been a massive lesson in my life. Um, (laughs) 
in some of the readings I've come across, I had this great analogy or I read it. I can't remember where I initially encountered it, but it's it's a prevalent little story. There's like a, um, a saying that all spiritual teachers and sages are like blind people trying to describe an elephant. Uh, one person holds the nose and says, this animal is soft and thin and undulating in movement. And another who is standing at the feet touching the elephant says, no, it's not. You're wrong. This animal is dry and thick like a tree, and it moves slowly and then gets larger as it goes up. Another stands at the rear and says, nope, you're both wrong. <laughs> this animal is thin and hard and has a brush, and it hits me with the brush, and periodically something wet and stinky falls on my head. <laughs> I could continue with this analogy, but I think you're understanding what I'm trying to say. And it's that um, we are, when we approach spirituality, like blind people, when we talk about big things, right, that we can't see the whole of, or that sort of, I, I feel this way a lot when people start talking about art, when they start using words to describe something visual. Uh, there are big things in in our experience that defy words like spirit or God or art or capital T truth. And we can really only talk around these things, not directly at them. And sometimes when we talk about them, the way we talk about them may contradict other statements that are true. And it doesn't make our statement not true. So <laughs> that one's, a, I think, a sticking point for, for a lot of people. Um, yeah. And I also think, at least in, again, in my experience, when I was growing up uh, Catholic, I was taught that, like, we were the right religion. <laughs> I think that's a familiar thing people hear. Um, and then when I went to college, I had a lot of friends that were involved in Campus Crusade for Christ, and they would talk about their spring breaks where they would walk around the beach and, and ask people if they had accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, and that, like... They were saving people from damnation and being wrong. And it was just, it was interesting to see how that kind of judgment almost sort of blocks us from the truth. Um, again, I'm going to, I'm going to say this is my personal experience and I, um, I believe you, whatever your truth is, is a good truth. Believe your truth. Also look at it, love it, use it. <laughs> But I've come to embrace the idea that um, things can contradict my truth and still be true. And embracing this idea allows for so much love and understanding and compassion and fullness to come into my life and for me to be open to the capital T truths that come to me. So despite the way that we are all each sort of limited by our human beingness, or perhaps I want to rephrase that as beautifully connected to each other and to truth and to God through our human beingness or our just beingness, there is so much to be loved um, and enjoyed and experienced when working with a spiritual teacher. And there's so many good things that can come out of those types of relationships. So, I mentioned before in another episode that one of my first experiences with a spiritual teacher was that she taught me how to breathe and she introduced me to the idea that I had a body awareness in addition to an awareness of thoughts, an awareness that generates emotions, 
and an awareness that holds them all. So <laughs> that, I think, was exactly what I needed to hear. And I'm not sure that I would have gotten there by myself. I think I would have had to come back for many, many, many more lives <laughs> to arrive at that. Uh, if she hadn't been the, like, well, if my back hadn't been the reason I hadn't been sitting in that room, and we can sort of argue predestination all you want, but uh, Dr. Rebecca Martin was the person who opened me up to reconnect me to the spiritual aspects of my life. And I think other keys to my experience of spirituality um, and my daily practices, my daily adventures have come from teachers and then I have taken those lessons and as I've embodied them, they've become lessons that I share now. So <laughs> it's it's been interesting too. I had this amazing um, yoga theor theories teacher in yoga school in Rishikesh um, and he told us the story that he was following his grandfather one day to the temple and his grandfather turned around and yelled at him was like don't don't follow me in here and he was really confused by this and the grandfather was like no don't come in the temple just stay here and I'll explain when I come out so his grandfather goes in does worship comes out and is like never ever ever follow anyone into a temple always let going into the temple to worship, to connect to your spirituality, be something that you enter for yourself, not to please someone else. And I thought that was such a, a beautiful story because I really feel like devotion, um, spiritual devotion or spiritual pursuits are a soul choice. They're a choice that you make to explore yourself in that way and to direct your devotion to spiritual aspects yeah. And I feel like I've been really lucky because I've had teachers who, or maybe I should say it this way, I've been very discerning <laughs> about who I work with and who I take spiritual food from just because I, I prefer teachers who direct my devotion back to spirit instead of to them. We've all seen people who are teachers because they like the attention. <laughs> And they need to feel like gods, and I don't find that attractive um, ever. I prefer people who connect me to my own wisdom. I'm not looking for someone to give me answers. And I, I feel like a lot of people, that's what they're looking for when they come to a spiritual practice. Um, again, I've been really lucky to have such a, a great variety of educational experiences, both in normal matters, like went to grad school, <laughs> but also in spiritual matters. Um, I mentioned that after my back surgery, I was doing self-mastery classes with Dr. Martin, which had included mindfulness, but also deep dives into, I want to say, like, new age theories, like multidimensionality, and then also training in what I call the Claire's, <laughs> so like clairvoyance, clairaudience, claircognizant, um, cognizance. I kept getting, as I was doing all this work and recovering from back sensations, these weird like electrical sensations up and down my back, which my allopathic doctor, which is to say my Western doctor, uh, my neurologist had told me to expect with the medication I was on and post the surgery and everything. But, um, he didn't really tell me about like the other experiences that I would have with those sensations, which sometimes included hearing things or knowing, having knowings or visions. And, 
I like didn't really tell anybody the extent of what I was experiencing because I really hadn't figured it out. It was just that the the things that I was experiencing had these like eerie bearings on things that were happening in my day or in my life at the time. Um, <laughs> I dreamed for two weeks that I was almost hit by a red truck. Like I was laying on the ground and a red truck pulled up and it almost hit me and then it stopped at the very last minute. And then I would wake up. And then I went to, I was taking the dogs on a walk to the veterinary office and um, I went in and they were like, they had this adorable little kitten that walked over to us and was sniffing my dog. And they were like, oh, we're trying to find a foster parent for this cat. This guy in a red truck brought him in. And I was just like, well, give me the cat. <laughs> but uh, I was also like waking up in the middle of the night with these crazy dreams. And at one point I dreamt like a whole past life for Patrick and myself, including like names and dates and this like image of myself wearing a hat outside a house and like locations and everything. And then I got up the next day, I wrote it all down first, I told Patrick about it and he was, he was giggling about it because in the dream he was the wife and I was the husband. But um, then I then I sought an audience with the all-knowing oracle known as Google, <laughs> and it turns out that those people really existed in the time, in the place that I had dreamt. And then there was a picture of that person. It wasn't a famous person at all. Outside of a hat, like wearing a hat that I had told him about. It was kind of creepy. It gives me goosebumps sometimes, but I have a much deeper understanding of what that was all about at this point. Um, but this, this type of experience was something that I was processing with Dr. Martin, but I sensed that I wanted to work with others on it, especially, um, someone who was doing more work in terms of like channeling or, uh, working with spirit. So I found Suzanne online. Um, she was working at the time with my friend Jessica, who is also amazing intuitive practitioner. Um, and I booked a session with her and without any previous contact with me, she knew about my injury and some of the things that I was experiencing and she was very specific. So I knew that what she was saying like was real. It was very affirming for me and what I was experiencing was real too. And I appreciated her wisdom and her connection to source. So I started studying with her. Um, Suzanne taught me Reiki. And I've also done intuitive development with her and her um, offering, which is connecting to your guides. I did that one with her as well. And I have to tell you, a full year before Patrick even got the job that called us to move to Boston, Suzanne told me that she saw me moving for a time to the east the East Coast specifically, and developing myself and my connections there such that when I returned to Louisville, I'd be ready to to move forward with some of the things that I feel very called to do. And I'll spare you the details of this, but someday I want a brick building <laughs> where this holistic wellness hub, preferably in Louisville, Kentucky, because I love Louisville, where there's like yoga and it's a healing center and lots of different people are able to use a space. Like my friends that teach um, dance and my friends that teach music, I, I just feel like Louisville would benefit from a space like that. Um, and I, I imagine it so much and I know it's going to be part of my future. I'm, I'm, I'm so on the sacred adventure toward that, <laughs> knowing, knowing what the destination is and knowing that I don't have to know right now how it's going to happen, but I just know that it will. So 
I um, had a copy of my notes from that session with her when she talked about moving to the East, the East Coast, and um, it gave me a chuckle later when it actually happened. I think I texted her and said, hey, you know, just so you know, you told me this was going to be happening. <laughs> um, Suzanne has had an incredible journey herself. I'll get into my conversation with her in a minute, but I um, wanted to read to you her story from her website so that you can start to understand how her sacred adventure has unfolded. She writes, My life path is a testimony to spirituality. As a child, I felt odd and didn't fit in. I saw, heard, and felt things beyond the quote norm. At age 11, my mother passed to the other side. I felt abandoned and alone. I had many dark nights traveling dead end streets for years using drugs to cope. I managed to have a family and to build a career as a successful engineer, but there was still something, quote, wrong with me. On August 15th of 2000, I landed in a psych ward. I was broken but determined. Recovery in a 12-step program bought, brought freedom from addiction and a rapid shift into spirituality, a spiritual awakening, a homecoming. With great intent and passion, I developed my intuitive abilities not knowing how I would, oh, that I would use them as a professional. For years, I asked for help to know my career life purpose. In 2013, I created a free website to do readings. Suddenly, I was doing many sessions and my practice grew quickly. In 2014, the intuitive connection was created and I left my corporate job. I haven't looked back. I am a committed practitioner and always strive to do better, to be better, to learn, and grow as a person. My varied interests in life, career, and personal are all part of my practice too. My path of healing from darkness has brought me a deep compassion and awareness. I strive to practice ethically and to work with integrity. I live a life of service. I do not believe I am gifted. Rather, I have a calling to serve and to help others in many different ways. Oh, it's so lovely. I love how she writes about her experience. Suzanne is one of the most authentic, gifted, and loving people I know, even though she does not see herself as gifted. I see her as very much gifted. So without further ado, here is our conversation. Okay. Um, so if you could just describe in your own words a little bit about what you do, and then we can talk a little bit later about how you got into this type of work. Sure. First off, thank you, Emily, for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited. I appreciate our friendship and our professional connections and our spiritual connections and the journey that we have together as um, in friendship. And, um, you know, just very, it's very important to me. So I appreciate you doing the work that you're doing and having me on today. And so just a little bit about what I do. Um, I've had my professional practice for over six years now. I was um, an engineer for many years in the corporate world and personally went through a lot in my childhood. I had a lot of trauma. And so in 2000, I ended up in a psych ward, which was kind of the lowest point of my life at that point. 
but I decided to make some changes and, and change my life. And so that started my healing journey. And I was very quickly brought into the metaphysics by wonderful people up in Indianapolis. And I, I think one of the biggest life lessons for me when I started my healing journey was learning that I did have a purpose and that I did matter. And um, when I started healing a lot of the trauma and started believing in myself, my uh, intuitive abilities started unfolding and really unfolding. And so I spent many years in development not knowing I would become a practitioner. I asked for my life purpose to be shown to me because I knew I was supposed to be doing something else. Um, so in 2014, I started my practice, which grew very quickly. Um, and I worked with people really mostly on a one-on-one -on -one basis and kind of like life coaching, but I help people to understand their life purpose. I help people to um, make decisions and I don't really tell people what to do, but I guide people um, in a therapeutic way. I do use my intuitive abilities and my connection in the spirit realm, very much so in the work that I do. Uh, I love mediumship. So I work with people as a medium and that's uh, connecting with loved ones in spirit and spiritual beings that guide us as well. Um, so I work one-on-one -on -one with people and so many different reasons why people will come to me, but I, 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 I do have a therapeutic approach with people and I love the work that I do uh, in that way. And then I also um, have studied and do a lot in energy healing. So I, I practice Reiki, I teach Reiki, uh, I practice shamanism and teach that as well. And I have a very strong uh, practice in Reiki and, and, and education in that and helping people to develop their own uh, healing abilities. And, and also uh, in intuitive development, I teach that as well and have done a Thursday evening class for years now. And I love doing that. And that's all about just um, helping people to evolve and come into their own natural intuitive ability. So when I do events, fairs, working with the community, um, bringing people together. So there's a lot that I do, but my, my focus really is very much in alignment with my life path of coming into the beautiful presence of my own spirit. And I help other people to do that. And we do it together. Oh. So, yeah, in about five minutes, that's what I do. <laughs> yes. I know it's hard to like boil everything down to like, yeah, thing, yeah. You know what I mean? Because, mm -hmm. but it's so, um, everything you said was so beautiful. And there's so many things that I kind of want to kind of want to touch on. Like, maybe um, a little bit later, we could talk about how you started learning to trust that voice. Because I feel like for a, a lot of people, and I know I struggled a little bit with that, like, feeling like I had to go outside myself to get information to know that the, that was what was coming through for me was right, you know, or yeah. 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 
uh, not yep. just me making stuff up. <laughs> and then yeah. I also like, I love that you said that you help guide people, but you don't tell them what to do. And you were one of the first spiritual teachers or people that I had learned from that had really talked about the ethical nature of what we were doing or when you go into practice. And so I kind of yeah. like, I, yeah. I don't know if we could start there or if we could talk a little bit more, which direction seems most natural to you? Sure. I would love to start with my purpose and my role in guiding someone else. So back in 2000, when I was brought into a place called New Age People in Indianapolis, and that is a little plug. If you're near Indianapolis, go to New Age People. They have wonderful, very ethical, highly uh, developed readers there. And so when I started um, being mentored by some of those people, they brought me in to their world um, in, a, in a way of uh, ha- working with very strong ethics of, you know, that we don't tell people what to do and that we have a responsibility. When we're working with people and they open up to us, we have tremendous responsibility. Mm-hmm. And it's tremendous. And I have, it's important that I work not in my ego, um, you know, because there are some people uh, in this realm that if they're working in their ego, it's about being superior or telling someone what to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a, a, a that's a, more the ego, where if I'm in tune spiritually, I have this responsibility to guide people. And sometimes, sometimes it's, you know, I, I've had to tell people to go see a medical doctor or seek psych, uh, psychiatric care. Mm-hmm. You know, I have that responsibility to um, refer people on in that way. It doesn't happen often, but at times, but, you know, I realize that I have responsibility and I will tell you, I'm so drawn to spiritual teachers who work in an ethical realm. And I have been mentored by wonderful teachers. And I feel I must always keep my ego in check and realize my role. And with that comes the beauty of it. When I can be with someone else and be in this incredible spiritual um, higher energy that's created with them. I feel it right now in this talking with you, Emily. Oh, I was just breathing it in. <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah. sacred. Yes, it's sacred. Um, it's healing. It's embracing. And so I'm real clear about my role with that. I really, really hope to always be humble uh, in my work and not be an ego. Yeah, there's yeah. like a, a line that you have to walk also because em- embracing the like beauty of what you do and allowing mm-hmm. people to see it and yeah. by seeing it to fully know you, to fully know yourself, for us to fully know our divinity. Um, yeah. At some yeah. point we have to say like truthfully, like I do this thing, I do it well, but also it's not about me, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, I just think uh, the way that you talk about it, I I did a group mediumship class with you that really mm-hmm. um, opened me up to um, how I experience mediumship 
but also the like idea of, you know, what it is that you're sharing when you do that type of work and how, how to be ethical about it. And it was really, I had never considered it from that perspective before. And that was really eye opening and, and wonderful. Mm -hmm. So thank Mm -hmm. you for that. Yeah. I really love mediumship. I feel like I'm such a young medium as far as my development. You know, some of my teachers have been in development for 30, 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know, some some of them as old as I am, you know. Yeah. And I do, yeah, I feel like such a young medium and such the student. And I love mediumship. I love mediumship because... It is, you know, there's so many people that really struggle with losing people. And we all do. I even, me as a medium, I miss, you know, I miss my loved one mm-hmm. very much. Um, but, but so many of us struggle with what happens after we let, leave the physical body. Yep. And I love mediumship because it's that journey of, really reconnecting with our own spirit and then making that spirit connection. And um, it's very moving to me. And I know, I know beyond any question that I help people with that. And, you know, they know it when I'm connected with spirit, that it's, you feel it. I know when I'm with a medium or someone very spiritual and they're connected with spirit in the higher realms, it you feel it and you know it and it's very special. And um so I love that part of my journey. And for me as someone in development, as a practitioner, I really strive to be a better medium mm-hmm. and to have intuitive and in working kind of in the psychic realm, I'm real confident with myself in that, but as a developing medium you know I'm working uh, on confidence and I'll touch on that a bit you you mentioned it earlier about confidence and believing in our abilities yeah yeah Yeah. it can be so hard for for people to do that (laughs) it is it is because you know we're a lot of us are taught that we're not intuitive and that if we are intuitive it's been gifted to us or given to us or given to certain people or you know, if you're born in a certain year or, you know, this, <laughs> yeah, this teaching that it's, but really we're all intuitive. Intuition is a part of being human. Yes. Totally agree. Yeah. 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 We all have abilities. Now I feel, you know, maybe mine is a bit amplified. Maybe it's turned up a little bit because it, I am in a life purpose uh-huh. in what I do. Yes. But when I t- teach, I tend to really um, get people working quickly mm-hmm. with the messages so they don't have ch- uh, too much of a chance to, d- to doubt it. And, um, and I have that belief in everyone that everyone has intuitive abilities. We're all mediums. And a lot of it is, you know, like a lot of other things, we get better by doing it. Yep. You know, yeah. You don't pick up a guitar, most people, and play it the first time and it sounds, you know, usually won't sound really beautiful. It takes practice. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they, some of the teachers say intuition is like a muscle. And I do believe that. Yeah. And there's also, yeah, there's magic 
that happens when you bring people together. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, in a group setting. And I love that. I love that aspect of development with people and have had so many incredible experiences with people uh, opening up and realizing um, that they are hearing something beyond just the physical hearing or seeing through their third eye, you know, or the different ways that we connect. Yeah, I think that's where the group thing can be so affirming because the mm-hmm. speaking from personal experience, when I took that mediumship class with you, I'd already been in meditation and kind of had an idea of what my guides were, but the messages that came through were always specifically for me. And when we were reading for each other and things like, I was really sort of like shocked at the accuracy of what was coming through and the like, yeah. Yeah, the healing that was happening because of yeah. the mediumship in the space. And mm-hmm. it was um it was so interesting. And I, I remember walking away thinking, like, how did I know that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. But also yeah. like feeling just so um in awe of or thankful that um that we are all so connected to to divinity, to I mean, if you want to call it God or the universe or to our spiritual selves. Sure. It, it, yeah. Our power. Yeah. So um, let's say, actually, can you tell people a little bit about like how you um, maybe facilitate them learning how to do mediumship or how to connect with their intuition? Maybe an example from like class. Mm -hmm. Yes. So my, let's see, it was 2014. I traveled to England. And I spent three weeks at a place called Arthur Finley College of Psychic Science. Love it. <laughs> yes. And their method and their way is how I teach. And, you know, within a couple of days of, of being there, I was asked to stand up and do what's called platform mediumship mm-hmm. in front of 200 people. And... Uh, it was beautiful. That was my first experience of bringing messages through in front of a group of people. And, you know, it sounds intimidating, an audience of 200 people. Oh, yeah, that's all terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> in mediumship, those 200 people are giving the medium energy. Oh. So, yeah. So um, so at, the, at Arthur Finley, they tend to, and they do it here, too, in some of the spiritualist communities, they do a lot of group work and a lot of partnering up and they tend to really, um, they have a strong belief as I do that we are all capable of uh, spirit uh, connection. And so um, we just create that atmosphere of, okay, we're all in this together. And we're going to do this mm-hmm. without hesitation. Mm-hmm. So I, so, um, so when I facilitate these groups, I always start with a guided meditation, you know, to bring the circle together. And then um, usually maybe five or 10 minutes of a little bit of lecture. And then I um, always, always will partner people up and get people working in groups. And there's a magic that happens in that. And interestingly, Emily, since we're in this pandemic, I've, I've been hosting my Thursday night intuitive development classes on zoom 
And in Zoom, I figured out how to do, it's called a breakout. Breakaway, yeah. Yeah, I partner people up. And it is cool. I did an aura class and we, I did the breakout sessions and it was wonderful. And we had a lot of the magic in that Zoom class as we do in the in-person circle. It wasn't quite the same, but, but it was there. And yeah. we actually even, yeah, I could see the auras too through Zoom. That's really cool. That is cool. Uh, in that, yeah, in that class, I teach people how to see. So I do uh, have adopted that Arthur Finley approach. And, um, and also when you go there, you're immersed. You, you stay there. Um, you share meals there. You don't leave the facility. Maybe, maybe on a Tuesday night, you can walk into the village maybe, you know, (laughs) if you want to. Yeah. 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 But you're just immersed in that environment. And so in that, that very quickly, we tend to open up and grow in our spiritual development. And then people go home and like, Oh, what do I do? I'm home now. You know, so you have to continue to seek that, that group, what we call it being with our tribe. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like, and I tell people, hang in there with it because, because over time you will develop confidence. It comes just like doing a lot of things that the, the more comfortable we are with it, the more confident. And I will tell you, Emily, I'm very confident in what I, I'm not saying speaking out of eagle here, but I'm confident in what I get in a reading. Yeah. Um, Right. I have a confidence and so much that sometimes I will be reading for someone and they're kind of shaking their head like, no, I can't take that. I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. So I respect that and say, okay. And very often they will contact me weeks or months later and say, you know, that didn't resonate with me when you said it, Mm -hmm. but guess what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and, and they share with me. Um, what's played out and I say and I always thank them um, and it, you know for sharing it with me and it doesn't bother me if someone can't take it because I know that that information has a place somewhere uh-huh. and that, you know yeah and we have free will you know I, I, I myself love getting readings and I have people that I go to and there are things that don't play out that have come through, maybe I take a different path or, you know, choose a different road or not everything that a reader says is set in stone. Uh, Not everything, you know, so, um, but it's interesting. I do. And I work closely with what I believe in spiritually. I believe in spirit guides and that there are uh, beings that are guiding me in this work. Very, very much have that, guidance and experience and I'm working with the who I'm reading for their higher self Um, Mm -hmm. yeah so so there's a lot of external influence that I'm getting in the reading but I've grown to become very confident in uh, what I'm bringing through Um, and I also know too you know sometimes I'll get a reading and I'll miss half of it I'll go back and read my notes and we filter things. We're human, you know. Yep. yep. It's interesting. Yeah. But confidence, confidence comes along with experience. 
And, and also just a realization of, you know, I can spend a half hour or hour with someone and really I might be able to create an influence, but I can be somewhat limited in the scope of things. You know, I realize that I may have influence and, um, uh, and guide people, but we're really all human. And there's, we have to be careful of, you know, putting some people up on a pedestal. Preach. And yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I, I talk about yeah. that as giving away your agency. Like when you just do exactly what other people say, or when you get information and then you don't assimilate it yourself, you've given away your power to yeah. another person. And I, I've I like that. It's a human tendency to do that with a teacher, you know, especially when you're like learning. But yeah. the, at yeah. some point we take, we take responsibility for what we believe. <laughs> we yeah. look at it and then, and then we have to look at it and decide what of it we're keeping and what of it we're getting rid of, which is exactly uh, what you just that's said. A whole, mm-hmm. That's yep. a whole other topic. We must be so discerning. Yep. As a teacher, see, I've taught for about six years now. And I have learned so much because, you know, in the beginning, I was teaching some things that had been kind of passed along and taught to me, mm-hmm. but I've, teaching has really, really forced me to dig in and do research and come to a place of what do I truly believe? Mm-hmm. I don't want to teach anything that I don't believe. And I don't just want to pass along information just because it's being passed along. And yeah. the New Age movement, yeah, the New Age movement, they've done a lot of um, teaching where I'm not sure what the origin is. So I do strongly <laughs> encourage people to be discerning. And there's, you know, there, there's some great teachers out there and there's wonderful, wonderful things being taught. And then there's some that um, is not so authentic and we must be discerning. And be leery of someone that charges a whole lot of money for something. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. I have yeah. a lot of like mixed feelings about things. Cause I also think like you should definitely charge what feels right for you to charge <laughs> with the understanding that like certain people will, you might be preventing certain people from working with you based on your, yeah. what you're charging. Yeah. But yeah. like, I, I also see if somebody is, a, spir- a truly connected spiritual person in abundance yeah. is going to do great things with that money. They're not yeah. going to hoard it. They're not going to put it into uh, systems of oppression, you know? So I don't like, I'm not super bothered by that, but I feel like, right. I feel right. like um, I'm glad that people teach so many different things. <laughs> like I love yeah. on Gaiam yeah. and don't, do you have a membership to Gaiam? I don't know. I do. And I, I love it. I do. I too. love it. Yeah. Some of the things that people have on there, I listen to them and I'm like, whoa, you are out there, Mm -hmm. but get it. (laughs) That is not, that is not my truth, but like, I, I don't need to, I don't need to believe that. And I think that's like where the agency thing comes in. I just, it's Mm -hmm. sort of my like prayer for everyone that they know that they can choose. Yes. um, I'm an avid, avid learner and student. Yes. That's what I love about you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. One of of my teachers, Reverend Terry Ryan, he's out of Detroit. He has a, um, 
a residence at Camp Chesterfield in Anderson, or oh. well, it's Chesterfield, Indiana, near Anderson Spirituals Community. And he will teach that we are charging for our time. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as practitioners, as uh, spiritual uh, professional people, we're charging for our time. Mm-hmm. And I really like that, you know, um, and I tend to be very forgiving. I, I don't know, I may not charge enough for my time sometimes, but, but I'm just saying I'm real leery if someone is really up there in, you know, say someone's charging a thousand dollars an hour for a reading. Uh-huh. I don't know that I would pay that. What, what qualifies that, you know? Um, yeah. It makes yeah. me lose an eyebrow too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't have, uh, I've, I've overcome any uh, feelings of, oh, that I don't deserve this. That, that's common when people get into this. And I mentor people through the, oh, I don't want to charge for it. Or this, that there's this teaching out there that healing should be done for free. Yes. Right. Yeah. Maybe so uh, uh, under my discretion, I want to, I want to be the one to decide if I'm going to give it away. And I yep. do. Right. Um, but, but I have worth and some of that worth is, does correlate to receiving money for my service. That's so interesting that you brought that up because I forget how my mom and I got to talking about Reiki, but she said one of her friends, um, who had a, uh, I, I forget what it was, but she saw a Reiki practitioner and the woman insisted on not taking payment for it. Like it was wrong to take payment for that. And mm-hmm. I kind of see, I see energy work or I see um, like, I mean, I felt this way even when I was teaching art, like I'm teaching you art, but I'm also like counseling you on how to be a better human <laughs> like, or how to step into yourself. Like, sure. But yeah. anytime you have an equation where there's energy out and no energy coming back in, is yeah. a, it's going to end up with you having like emptiness <laughs> where there yeah. should be fullness and it doesn't and resentment yep. and resentment. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you can't fill up a cup. Uh, like if you mm-hmm. can't pay your rent, you, and you're worried about like where your next meal is going to come in, how good of a healer are you going to be able to be? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I so I was explaining Mm -hmm. that to my mom and I was like I mean on a basic human level we all deserve healing but then we also should note that you received an amazing healing like what is that worth to you right right like what there's mm -hmm. those limiting money beliefs that we're taught yeah and I've done quite a bit of work in that realm I grew up in you know with some of those beliefs Grew up in some ways with abundance, and then in high school we were very, very poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it created within me this desire to take care of myself. But I also have had to work through some limiting money beliefs, and for the most part, I have. And um, you know, in my practice, I am taken care of. I. You know, I have, I have what I need, uh-huh. uh, but I do, I do also enjoy helping people through that because if yeah. you can't, yeah, if, and you know this doing what you do, 
if you can't shift that limiting money belief, you won't be able to serve mm-hmm. because you won't have the freedom for the, the energy to flow. Yes. Have, yeah. For that prosperity to come. Oh, that was so beautifully stated. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that holds a lot of people back. And really in a lot of different professions, not just this, oh, but yeah. I feel like it's, it's more pervasive in uh, intuitive work because of that. I don't know where that teaching came from that we shouldn't charge. Um, I, I, I want to restate that to we should offer um, quietly. Um, we should be benevolent to people who can't pay, mm-hmm. but we should charge people who can pay. Yeah. Um, because that's the structure of our society, you know, until we have maybe a uh, barter system <laughs> or something where we have a lot of that, you know, um, it can also, I've learned too, Emily, if, if we're trading and giving away so much, it can diminish how we value ourselves. Yes. I've learned that. So I'm careful through bartering. I would much rather just give it to someone. Uh-huh. You know, then do a lot of bartering types of exchanges. I would just rather give it uh, or have a uh, inner energy ex- exchange of money. You know. Yeah. So I've learned that, and and yeah, that, that one's a yeah. tough one. So I it, I feel like I heard something beautiful uh, in part of my abundance journey is that uh, when you start recognizing spirit as your source, you kind of like <laughs> stop clinging. <laughs> and yeah. when I started saying that to myself, so many things changed. Like I made the decision not to teach the whole year round. And um, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Even though yeah. I knew I needed money, but then the money came in other ways. Like I had time to yeah. start when we have Louisville and I had time to do yeah. this and I had time to do that. By the time we did our taxes at the end of the year, I made the same income, but only worked half the year. Isn't that beautiful? It was, it was. And it, part of that was just like learning how to say like, I, yeah, I am not my source. My boss is not my source. Like God is my source. And so I'm going to act on the information that I feel, you know, inspired to, or the guidance that I'm being given or following more closely to my soul path, even though I know it's a risk, I'm going to step into that. And I think that's that like trust muscle that you're talking about. Oh yeah. I can't tell you how many times I have had this limiting belief that, Oh, you know, I can't spend this or I can't do that. And then something comes through in a spiritual way. And I'm, you know, I'm reminded, Hey, we got your back. (laughs) You know, we got your back. Yeah. So, so many times that's happened. Yeah. And yes. Yes. And I'm, 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 you know, we're in this pandemic. My, um, my business basically is all of the furniture and everything is sitting in my back room of my house. Oh yeah. You were moving spaces, weren't you? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So interesting. So I have done a business plan and I'm, I'm, excited about uh when you know when we're able to get out again i'm excited about opening a new space and it's going to require a bit of capital so i've i've been putting that out there 
But what I'm going to create is a training center. Um, and I'm so excited about this. So it's, a, it's going to be a larger space than I've had in the recent, well, in the last six years, I've had around a thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I've around there, what I've operated out of, you know, pretty much, which is a pretty good space. Sure. Um, but I'm creating a much larger space so that I can have a dedicated meditation room, a dedicated yoga room, dedicated oh, Reiki room. Yeah. And more, more space where people can come in and teach kind of thing at product store. So, you know, so my vision is, um, kind of broaden for what I want to create. And so that requires, you know, more capital and money. And I keep hearing over and over the words, it's already done. It's already done. That's awesome. You know, I'm like, oh, it's done. So, you know, so I feel like that's, you know, uh, spirit messages of move forward with your vision Mm -hmm. and create that. Yeah. And the, the money comes. You know, if I'm focusing on, oh, I don't have the money, I don't have the money, then I stop everything. You know, that's the stopper. Yep, it sure, um, for sure is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, and it's, yeah, it's interesting too, Emily, I love that you're doing this podcast. For me personally, I've been doing my Thursday Zoom class. I've been doing a little, just a little bit of readings and um, phone work with people, but I really have not been in a creative mode. I haven't been creating very much. I feel like I've been in um, in a place of surrender. Yes. And yeah, a place of taking care of myself. You know, I've been walking an hour a day. That's so beautiful. I've been meditating, which oh, is amazing. Um, long meditations in my awesome meditation room you know it's like yeah. I just drift off in there it's lovely um and I'm I don't I can't tell you a time in my life where I've had this much time to take care of myself you know it's Wonderful. been it's been a long time yeah and I've been counseling people too people have been coming to me saying I just don't feel productive you know want to do this in my practice and I don't feel productive yeah. and I yeah, I share with them to to, to um, know that it's not a time for us to be productive mm-hmm. uh, you know we're doing some things you're you're doing some some good things I'm doing a little bit with um, my practice but it really is a time of going within and um, and doing some grieving Yeah, there's so much going on in our world right now that's very difficult for so many people. And I went went through a period of a couple weeks of where I would just go in meditation and cry and cry. Yeah, and I wasn't sure what I was crying about, but I just embraced that. And I feel like I was healing old trauma and I feel like I was empathically kind of connected with a lot of the loss of, you know, what a lot of people were going through and letting go of my business and my beautiful space. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, you've been in that space many times. It was beautiful and just so many wonderful memories of there and just, you know, just 
letting go of that space. And uh, yeah, so I'm kind of through all of that, kind of the heaviness and the sadness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know a lot of people were feeling that I sent out a newsletter and shared that. And I had so many people reply and say, I've been going through the same thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, have periods of, of really missing people, missing that human contact. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a social person. Um, and I know you are too. And human contact, well, I feel like we all are. I'm, I'm yeah. Not here. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're in such a, such an interesting time. And I'm not going to say on this podcast anything about a silver lining or you know uh, all of that because I don't feel like we're there yet I feel like six months from now we're going to be able to look back and see maybe some of the blessings of this uh-huh. but for me to sit here and say you know to people oh you know uh, the reasons for this when somebody is trying to find their next meal <laughs> how they're going to pay their light bill kind of thing uh-huh uh, Right, you know, because there's a lot of people struggling right now. I just yeah. don't, I don't feel it's, I just don't feel like I'm in a place of finding a lot of reasons or, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. I'm, uh, I'm caref- careful with that, you know. But isn't uh, it wonderful to also be aware enough to understand like that whole range of what you just described? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, because I, I, um, I feel like sometimes we search for answers that that we can't know right now. <laughs> yeah. So we, the only answer is just to be in it. Like I had a whole year where I had stepped away from uh, my teaching position, and I didn't know if I was going to go back to it or not, or what I was going to do. And I sat on my porch every day in the morning, and I would like tune in. It was right after I'd done intuitive work with you. And so I would sit there and I would um, do automatic writing. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I would just sit there and I like, there were a lot of ways I should have been doing things. Like I should have been in my studio making art or I should have been this, or I should have been that. But instead I chose just to like be. And every time I did a um, Yixing reading, the like receptive would come up. And I, I had a practitioner tell me like, you know, it, you kind of are fighting this, part of your life, which is just that like stewing receptive being energy because <laughs> you want to know what's mm-hmm. next so that you can work toward it. But like, right. this is We're the part talking, of your yeah. life that you're going to look back on like with fondness. And it is kind of true. Like, I feel like I'm in a yeah. place right now where inspiration is just like flowing through me and I am creating so much. Um, and it's a really exciting yeah. energy to be in now. Um, I, I would have had this time to do it without COVID. So COVID hasn't really um, affected my daily life, only just that I can't see my friends or go out dancing, but everything else is more or less the right. same. But I do yeah, this, look mm-hmm. back at that time of just like complete openness. Literally anything could have happened after that. And it was yeah. so scary. And to, to be told to relax yeah. during that, I couldn't hear it. But now I look back on it and I'm like, wow. <laughs> It was so great. I didn't have to be anywhere. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have an idea of where I was going, so I couldn't work at anything. Um, 
yeah, yeah. we just bake bread and meditate. Yep. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, and then I ended, I ended up in India that year. Like it just, mm-hmm. it was, it was a time of like, it's like the hermit from the tarot. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And it's interesting. It is an interesting um, time. None of us have been through anything like this. But I do also see the potential. And I know that in, you know, August, September, whenever it is that I can create this new space, that I'm just going to uh, immerse myself in that and love doing. I love creating creating I love restoring houses or creating spaces or you know shifting spaces I, I I love doing that and I would say probably a strong life purpose for me is being creating yeah and being an artist I can now say I am an artist you are 100% an artist I am an artist yes I can say that yeah uh, yes yeah and being creative and uh and I, and I, I look forward to that, you know, look forward to that. I, 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 I guess we're all kind of creating in a little different way right now, you know, during, uh, during this time of being in quarantine. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. the time of great inaction. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is, it is. But I do look forward to when when things will open back up, of course, in their in their time, in their time. And uh, I've enjoyed, I you know, I, I love cooking. I, I've been an avid cook. My mother died when I was eleven, and I was the oldest girl in the family, so I just assumed the role of cooking. So I was cooking, yeah, at eleven for a family of six people. Wow. Yeah. And or well five and then my and then my dad remarried, um, and then uh, to a woman who worked nights and she had two kids so then there were seven. Wow. And and yeah so I I I and I have a love of cooking from my grandmother and my great aunt who taught me that they taught me so much you know. Yeah. So I really yeah I've enjoyed. Um, having the time to cook and create in that way. And, you know, cooking, there's an alchemy to that. It's very spiritual, very creative. We as a society, we've gotten away from that. Yep. And so I, I, uh, I, I always have enjoyed taking the time to cook, but um, even more so now. There's it's hard not having people to share it with, <laughs> you yeah. know, because I live, live by myself, but um yeah, but there's like a nurturing or like an exchange of energy. Like you put mm-hmm. energy into preparing the food for yourself. And yes. so there's the like loving, nurturing aspect of that. And then there's what you get, the energy that you get from the food itself. Mm-hmm. And that's so cool that you get to do it. And now it's just like, what will please me? It's, I think, an yeah. exciting yeah. thing to ask yourself, like, do I want bread? Do I want this? Do I want that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So and I, so cool. I don't. I don't trust eating out. Something tells me to not, you know, they have the carry out option or delivery mm-hmm. still available, but I, I just, something tells me not to participate in that. Yeah. You know, uh, do, so I have it. Do what feels so, right to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Because I do enjoy um, eating out and, you know, having good food out and about and, and all of that. Um, so, so there's much more opportunity now to <laughs> eat at home, of course. Um, yeah, so, but I, I, um, I haven't really been doing very much art. I've been more, I've been making masks. I've been sewing masks. I've made them for everyone in my family, you know, family and friends. So I've enjoyed doing that. So that's been kind of a fun project. And I've used only materials that I've had on hand, uh-huh. which has been interesting. And, <laughs> and I've made some, yeah, I've made some, some good masks. So I feel a little productive and creative in that way. And uh, I've enjoyed that, you know. Yeah, I think that's like back to the nurturing. Like the only thing there is to do right now is just to nurture. Like yeah. <laughs> to be in the home, yeah. to be with the self. It it's interesting. Uh, yeah. I think what quarantine has brought up for a lot of people. Self care. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> we're almost at an hour, and I don't want to take any more of your time. Is it okay if we go over just a little bit? Yes. Cool. Time flies, doesn't it? it oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so beautiful hearing people talk about their stories. So I think the last question um, is sort of might end up being a long one, depending on uh, what you think about it. But uh, are there any sort of stories or adventures or um, like moments of uh, revelation that you had that you could kind of just share with us? Oh, wow. So I feel like one of the biggest revelations for me, and I, you know, I try to um, help people to understand this and experience for themselves. Um, you know, for a long time, I worked in the corporate world and I, I enjoyed what I did, but it was the corporate world and it was the grind. And, and I knew that, uh, that I was supposed to do something else, but I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I shifted into starting to do reading and I put up a free website, there's no way that website would ever show up in a Google search. Well, it started showing up and people started calling. And at first I was like, where are these people coming from? Yeah. You know, where are they coming from? Um, and I, and I started asking them, how did they know um, to call me and they and they told me from that website um, I had really deep realizations that in that time that was in that it was in 2013 mm -hmm. that I was shifting into my life purpose and I remember sitting and being flooded with that feeling of oh my god mm -hmm. this is what I am supposed to do you know and I had asked for that awareness for years and I asked honestly uh, of what I believe in show me the way show me the way you know and so I'm so so grateful for that because um, I don't know that everybody has that experience you know yeah. I don't know that everybody has that um, you know there's a point in time where where things are kind of given to us or shown to us and we have to say okay I want to face the fear and do this and move through the fear. You know, that's a part of it, right? For sure. Uh, 
But I, I am so grateful for that shift back in 2013 um, because in the last six, seven years, it's been incredible. It's been absolutely incredible. And I feel like I'm just really in the beginning of my practice in some ways. Um, you know, so I'm grateful to know a little bit about my life purpose and my life path. So that's been a tremendous experience for me. Um, and you the idea to start the website? Did you start the website just because you thought it would be fun or enjoyable or a way for you to practice? Well, it, yes. And it was a message I got from Spirit saying, put a website out there. Beautiful. Just, just put a website out there. Yeah. So that's yeah. like that trust muscle. Like when you take the mm-hmm. little step forward, it's by taking that step forward that the information you're looking for was allowed to come to you. Correct. Now, I will say, Emily, I put it out there and then I forgot about it. I was in Italy. I remember being in Italy and seeing an email from someone when you're reading. I'm thinking, how does this person have my email? Yeah. So funny because I was not like, it was not my story. I was not someone that said, I'm going to be a practitioner and I'm going to hang a shingle. It was. It was much different for me. It was, okay, I know I'm supposed to be doing something else than the corporate world, you know. Yeah, I uh, don't know what it is, but here's, yeah, here's yeah, the thing I'm going to chance that, at. Mm-hmm, that was my pathway. I and love I had, that so much. Yeah, it's interesting. I had developed for years in, I, as a student. And I will tell you, Emily, I had so many readings in those years, many years of of me going and having readings and no one ever told me that I would be a practitioner. I wasn't to know that. I wasn't to know that. Yeah. I wasn't to know that until, you know, that's the beauty of uh, life path and working in the spirit realm. But then you got to develop in such a way that like there was no pressure on you while you were doing your development. Like you didn't have to be right because you were trying to make a living off of it. You yeah, could just right. do it. yeah. Yeah, I could have a healing session where I'm a, you know, just like a, a puddle of emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm doing some intense healing work. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. So it's, that's been interesting. And I, but see, I had to go through that. I had to have those years of that intense healing mm-hmm. so that I could have a belief in myself. And so I could be strong enough to uh, work for myself. You know, when I left the corporate world in 2014, I had to believe in myself enough to make that leap because it's a big leap. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's so funny. I, I'm so supported in this. I went and quit my job. I turned in my resignation and they gave me three months severance. No company ever does that. No. That's how supported. (laughs) Yeah, I got three months of severance. Yep. And, and, you know, that was enough to springboard me. Um, And, you know, yeah, it's it's such an interesting story. Um, It is. But that's how supported and how much my spirit team and my guides wanted me to, to be a practitioner, you know, and do what I do. It really is 
very much a life purpose. I know that. That's so and, beautiful. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But, you know, I had those years, many years of oh, so much turmoil. 2011, I thought I knew I was supposed to do something else. So I started a restoration company mm-hmm. and I did pretty well. But then, then the train wreck came because I wasn't supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my life. It, it wasn't my life purpose. Yep. And so I had train wreck came. I went back to being an engineer for a while until, you know, 2014. That, and then it blossomed into what it was supposed to be. And I knew that then, you know. Um, oh. It's a crazy story, really, when I talk about it, you know. Um, I'm for sure going to have to have you back on to talk about these pivots because I think a lot of people have a tendency to cling like you were saying, like you started a business, it wasn't working out, a train wreck happened, and yeah. you had the, you had the, um, no one to fold, <laughs> gotta know when to fold, right? Yeah, yeah. but I think yeah. some people don't, like, I, yeah. I love Patrick a lot, um, he hung on to a job for 10 years that he really should have let go earlier, and I'm, I know it's like part of the purpose now, because he has a job that he loves now, and he got yeah. to that position by staying with the old one. But yeah. as I was bringing up my energy and accepting my abundance and as part of my life, I was moving energy for both of us. And then all of a sudden he uh, was informed that they were going to like give him a severance package and let him go because his company got taken over. Yeah. And like, it's sort of interesting because he knew he didn't want to be there. So it wasn't hard to let go of that. But I I sort of wonder if you have any advice for people who maybe feel like it's too scary to walk into the unknown or they feel like maybe they tried something it yeah. didn't work out and yeah. then they had to backpedal. Like, so you're saying you went back to engineering after, after deciding engineering wasn't your thing, starting a remodel company, and then you went back to engineering and then yeah. this came to you. Yeah. Then a couple of years later, it unfolded. That's well, cool. I'll say, Emily, to answer your question, the fear is always there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have fear that, oh, it's like, okay, I'm going to reopen up my, um, my brick and mortar practice. What if it fails? You know, I, I, right? You know, that, yeah. that negative um, uh, inner critic that. Uh, it just wants to protect you, but it's so yeah, helpful. <laughs> but, but I move through that. I'll move through that. You know, so the fear will always be there. The uh-huh. fear will always be there. But you're not afraid of it anymore either. Yeah, I just I just uh, acknowledge it and thank it. Yep. I've done a lot of inner critic work, so I have that archetypal relationship with her. Oh, what's what's <laughs> you your know, I, yeah? I can talk to her, <laughs> but it it'll always be playing its role. I feel, um, and you know that's part of that's part of my practice. I do um, help people to to um, face the fear and move forward. Uh, but it's, it's, it's part of, it's part of everyone's path, I feel. Oh yeah. It's the human condition. Yeah. yeah. And we've got to have patience. You know, we don't have patience as people. It's so important to have patience mm-hmm. and allow things to unfold. And, um, you know, we're taught to have everything right away. Mm-hmm. Instant, instant gratification. Well, some things take time. Yeah. Some Take time. Yeah. Or or there's pivots that just need to occur and it's okay if you mm-hmm. like have an education in engineering 
and you're not quote unquote using it in the way that you would traditionally see it. But I'm sure that every, every experience that you've had actually kind of gives you an emotional base from which you. Oh, yeah. others. And so, For like, sure. yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you couldn't or, be where I, you are. My business. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yes. Yes. All of, well, a lot of what I did in um, computer engineering is, um, you know, I can do anything with uh, technology. So that's been a wonderful um, having that experience and just running a business, running a small business. Mm -hmm. You know, I've worked in many different industries. uh, I've learned so much in those, you know, being an engineer, but being assigned in different industries. Oh, it's, it's been wonderful. And all that life experience certainly does play a, play a role here and what I do now for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just, I guess not advising people, but it's, it's so good for people to hear that their like story doesn't have to be a straight trajectory that they can kind yep. of loops or backtrack and they're still on the right track. It's, I think. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying, yeah, I, sh- I certainly have had my share of worry through all of that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We all do. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Well, it's been so great to do this with you today, Emily. I appreciate yeah. it very much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to be my first guest. <laughs> and, my pleasure. It really, uh, you're such an inspiration to me and I appreciate uh, all of the wisdom that you have and that you share. Thank so you. So if people are wanting to work with you, maybe discovering their, their life path or working on their intuitive development, where can they find you? My website is intuitivesuzanne.com. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, of course, I'm doing some work right now, but intuitivesuzanne.com. And then I have my Facebook page is, let's see, facebook.com forward slash intuitive Suzanne. And then I'm also on Meetup, but, but you'll find most of um, what you need to know on my website. And, you know, stay tuned. I have We'll have a new space opening in the fall, which I'm excited about. And um, yeah, but that's how you can find me through my website. I do send out a weekly newsletter or, or bi-weekly. And uh, a lot of people enjoy the newsletter. usually have an offering in that newsletter as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, too, to everyone who was here listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing Suzanne talk a little bit about how she became an intuitive practitioner and what the parts of her practice have been like. I find her so inspirational, and so I thought you would, too. For now, we're saying goodbye. I'm sending you off with another song from Tarek Himes' album, Nourishment, and I hope you have a wonderful day.